Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. I can say some, I can say better words than this. The, you have the best words, yeah. I have the best words. So let's just get right into it. I uh, don't know what episode number this is going to be. So we're just going to roll on in and welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast. I'm your host today. My name is Corey. I'm joined by another host of this podcast. His name is Bones, otherwise known as Jared. But nobody calls him Jared, so don't call him Jared. Hi, Bones. How are you? Welcome to the podcast, Corey. Yeah, I was here first, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. That's true. Full of wisdom and a full mustache on his face. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here today. If you're new to the podcast, like I said, my name is Corey Mueller. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. This other guy over here, his name is Jared Bradford. He's the second host and my wonderful wife and Bones's bestest buddy. Connor Mueller is our third host. She is out with my son right now, and uh, so she's not here currently, but we are the Weekly Warriors, and if you're here, so are you, so make sure you subscribe, and make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that'd be great, so we can reach more warriors just like you. Yeah, so we talk about a lot of things on this podcast, a lot of stuff, a lot of things, and they all pretty much relate to the everyday people, because we are the Weekly Warriors. We do things that you do. And we are just like you in most ways, but we have embraced a growth mindset and life has boomed for the last four years for this wonderful group. Man, what a ride it's been. And today we're going to talk about something that is very special to all of us. And I think I think most people in this world can relate to this topic. We're going to talk about dogs and not just any dogs and not just anything about dogs. We're going to talk about the process in which Raising your own dog from a puppy and how that goes and what that's like because Bones is in the midst of it right now and it's a pretty cool thing. I am in the midst of it. I like that for the past two out of the last three weeks, we've talked about you having your child and your birthing process. And now <laughs> finally, we're getting around to the good, important stuff yeah. of me yeah. having my child. Yeah. Right, my fur child here, and uh, I think I can totally relate to how you're feeling right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's basically the same thing. Um, we let Barrett out every few hours. He goes out in the yard, does his business, and kind of comes back in. Um, you do the same thing with Scout, and uh, I'm sure you wake up multiple times a night to feed him. Uh, yep. So it's pretty much the same. We leave yeah. water on the floor for Barrett, and he just drinks when he's thirsty oh, so so much water right it's ridiculous yeah pretty similar yeah. thing and our freezer is chock full of just titty milk it's crazy yeah it was great jess started producing like as soon as you got scout that was pretty wild yeah okay <laughs> this has gone too far now <laughs> yeah so yeah the whole point of today's episode is uh recapping the wonderful story that is scout and really it's it can be a metaphor for anyone who's ever raised a dog because truly Raising a dog from puppyhood is a very special thing, and it's fun to talk about, especially when you're kind of like new into it. You've had lots of dogs before. We're going to talk about like your history with 
uh, with pups and whatnot in a second. But you've had history doing this, but you're I feel like with Scout, you're taking this a whole different direction mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun. It's been fun to watch. So, yeah, let's uh, let's hop on into it. What do you say? Yeah, I, well, I appreciate you saying that because it is a little different. And I don't know how or why we got here. So I'm interested to see where this conversation is going to go. So first of all, thank you. So, yeah, Scout, why don't you introduce Scout? Scout is our boy. He's the first boy dog I've ever had. Um, he's an Aust- I've been told he's 50%-ish Australian Shepherd, 25% Dalmatian, and he's got healer, uh, blue healer in him as well. Mm. So he's very much a herding dog, cattle dog, working dog. And he, he's, right now he's about 32 pounds-ish. And he doesn't look like an Australian Shepherd that you would typically see. Like these are Australian Shepherds with blue, you know, crystal blue eyes and short little stubby tails and uh, really long coats with fancy pants fur. Right when you look at their back legs, <laughs> got the fancy pants like from the 1700s. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Hell yeah, dude! He's he's got bloomers. Fa- bloomers, yeah. He's got the bloomers. Uh, he's got on. my bloomers on, daddy. <laughs> my bloomers, my knickers. Yeah, he has those, but he's he's got dark eyes and he looks like a Dalmatian with longer fur. Uh, so he's pretty interesting looking dude. Um, and that's like his physical appearance. And we got him from the central Valley from a friend in the gym who, uh, was not supposed to have a litter, but it was a random litter mm. that had happened pretty much accidentally. You know, you can't hold back true love. So out came eight puppies. That's right. And however long that takes, I'm not sure. And, uh, it took a little bit of convincing on my end, but here we are with scout. Yeah, Scout's a cute boy, and I will say there's a difference between raising a boy dog and raising a girl dog, uh, and I don't know what it is either, but it's definitely different. Like, Connor wants another girl dog when we get another one, but I want a boy, and uh, it's there's nothing wrong with girls, obviously, but there's something different about a man and his, and his dog, uh, especially when it's it's a boy dog, so... You've got other dogs right now, um, and you've had some dogs in the past. What uh, is there? I mean, did did any of your history with the other dogs contribute to this decision with Scout? No, because it's been yeah. I want you to share how different all of your other dogs have been. <laughs> <laughs> so just like a funny beginning to the story with Scout and the dogs that I have before him pretty much exclusively wiener dogs. I had a golden retriever growing up, but it was not my dog. I was a little kid. The dog didn't really like take to me too much. You know, as a little kid, dogs tend to go be with like your dad or your mom, the people that have like leadership in like a little pack, right? So most of my experience was with miniature dachshunds, little 10 pound things. Wieners. Um, We have two of them currently, Million Rider and six years old and four years old. They are just so different from any other big dog. I always thought that I would want a big dog in the future, but didn't think it would happen right now. Mm. The difference of having those dogs is truly night and day. Wiener dogs are so goddamn stubborn. It took so long to potty train Millie, like a year and a half to get her like on it. She is has a nose for herself. She does what she, whatever she wants. Hmm. She, she listens at this point. She's six years old. She doesn't like go too far anymore. But as from like that one to three range, I couldn't let her outside by herself. I couldn't like ha- not have her on a leash. Right. 
because she would just take off. She she took off multiple times in the woods. She's just very stubborn and, and a free little spirit. Um, but she's amazing with other people. She grew up around in the CrossFit gym. She loves other people. So in that respect, you think of a little dog, you think of like little ankle biter, barking ass dog, doesn't like other people. But our two wiener dogs, I'm proud to say that they love other people and yeah. are very, very good around them. So yeah, they're uh, I, I would say that most little dogs that I've met are not dogs that I would like to own. But Millie, especially because, man, she got that seal fur. Mm. Uh, I like Millie a lot. She's cool. Ryder's cool, too, because she loves to snuggle. They both love to snuggle. Mm-hmm. Anytime we come around, man, they're like they're ready for some snuggle yeah. time, which is super cool. It's crazy. Whenever we have visitors, they're, they don't want to sleep with us because they yeah. sleep in our bed usually. They want to sleep with our, our guests. Yeah. And it's like, this is uh it's like when you go on Airbnb, like you want to add, like add service. Like I want to add a massage and I'll uh, add a dog in my bed. Wiener please. snuggles. Yeah. yeah. Wiener snuggles. <laughs> my, when I got Millie, um, it was uh, maybe two, three months after we lost our one dog, Heidi. Mm-hmm. And so my goal with her was like, this dog is going to be able to listen to me. And I really want her to know tricks and to be obedient and just to keep her safe. Because dogs that aren't obedient uh, make their own decisions. And dogs generally don't make very good decisions on their own. No. <laughs> so nope. that's, that's what happened with our last dog, Heidi. She didn't make a good decision and uh, she lost her life for it. So that was ultimately, came, I felt like, came back on me um, mm. and the people who raised that dog. Like my family, unfortunately, she had a, that dog had issues. Um, and I just didn't want to ever go through that again. So my big goal with Millie was... Uh, that obedience, sociability, and and the ability to listen to me and take commands and come back when you know right she's needed. Yep. So that turned out really well. Um, you know we're there. The same when Ryder came along, that was more Jess's dog and Jess's decision. We're like, you know, Millie's alone a lot. Well, let's get her a little buddy, and it turned out pretty good. Ryder's a great dog too. She's she's very whimsical and she's a great yeah. partner for Ryder Millie. It's int- Millie has been pretty well traveled in her time and yeah, she's I mean because for a long time for most of Millie's life you have been very well traveled as well mm-hmm. so you've been up in the UP and you've been down in southeast Michigan and you've been living in Gaylord or like wherever or Mount Pleasant and Millie's kind of been in all those places intermittently and then all in between mm-hmm. so she's had a lot of the ability to socialize and be used to some changes which I think help the fact that she's so cool and Ryder is like a per- little sidekick to her dude Ryder is so weird the weirdest thing about she just licks Millie like mm-hmm. <laughs> non-stop non-stop I tried to look that up I'm like why why is this going on because it's annoying sometimes like super weird Millie, <laughs> Millie just sits there and takes it and for a while I'm like Millie is asking her to do that right or just like bow yeah. down bitch like clean I'm, me yeah right um, it is, I wouldn't put that past Millie, but I think it's more of a submission thing on Ryder's end, like, hey, Millie's alpha type yeah. of thing, and she recognizes yeah. that. Um, and I also think that's Ryder's nature, is that she's a very caring little dog, because she does the same thing to Scout. Yeah. yeah. And Scout's not the alpha. Right. That's very clear. So... Yeah, we've t- the, your current dogs, Millie and Ryder, they're they're cool little wieners, and it's funny because your your guys' whole family and your extended family are like wiener dog people now, which is wiener I, crazy. I think that's just hilarious. Um, we had wiener dogs growing up. 
like when I was a little kid too. Yeah. And my, my uncle and like they had all wiener ducks. So it's like a family <laughs> oh, thing. I didn't know it was that much of a family thing. I thought it was like no. you guys and Jess's parents. I've had wiener dogs since I was born. That's so funny. I was born into a dog house with a wiener dog in it. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. That's great. So yeah, like fast forward a little bit and this was, yeah, like three months ago, right? It was like February and, or, or April, December. December. It was okay. When yeah, I got him. December. Yeah. Yeah. December. Yep. So let's, let's go, let's rewind back into December. The dude, December, January, like February were uh, kind of a whirlwind for us. Um, yeah. <laughs> dog stuff. So it was hard to remember. Yeah. But did you plan on getting another dog? What was the, where, where just kind of tell the, the story about that whole thing. If you, if you planned on it, was scout the idea that you, or the, the kind of dog you wanted. Yeah. Well, I think when people are listening to this, they're probably looking for maybe a good story. And like, if they're thinking about getting a dog or have had a dog or, you know, whatever, want a dog, it's always a good idea to plan. Obviously, if you can plan it, the more you can be prepared. This was like kind of a spur of the moment, but the moment lasted a few weeks. So like rewind maybe two or three years. I always joked with Jess, like, hey, this is a true story and you can ask her. Um, when we get our big yard, Scout will be able to like run through the yard and we'll, mm. we'll be able to have like some chickens and he'll be able to protect the chickens and, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And I just named a dog. Like I loved the na- name Scout. So this was years ago. And yeah. I was just always joke about her like, yeah, when we get Scout, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, fast forward, here we are. But I first saw a litter on Instagram because I follow this girl who's my friend from the gym had a litter. And, you know, I was messaging about a girl. Uh, she had a girl and like two boys left. You know, I was like, hey, well, can I meet the girl? Blah, blah, blah. Let me ask Jess. Going back and forth for like two weeks where I'm trying to convince Jess to get this girl, this female dog. Um, and Jess was like, no, we don't need a new dog. We had just moved into this house, you know, a month and a half earlier than mm-hmm. that, soon before this. Eventually, I was just like, hey, they're coming over tomorrow and we're going to meet the girl in the garage. And this is probably about two to three weeks after I made initial contact about one of the potential, you know, dogs. Yeah. So they came over to the garage. She, uh, other girl, the original mom's name is Jess, mm-hmm. right? The breeder, uh, I guess you want to call her. Jess comes over and she brings the girl. She gets out of her truck at the base of our driveway and is like, hey, do you want me to bring the boy in too? And I was like, nah, I don't want to meet the boy. Like, even in a message earlier to her, I was like, yeah, we're a, we're a girl, dog, family. Like, we don't want a boy. <laughs> I didn't think Jess would want a boy. Yeah. I didn't think I wanted a boy. So anyway, she brings the girl up and close the garage door, let her let her down. She's very timid. Granted, our wieners are barking through the next door mm-hmm. and kind of like wondering what the heck's going on. And she's a little timid. She's like looking around, big eyed, like kind of nervous. She doesn't even really pay attention to me. She goes off into the corner of the garage. Mm-hmm. She takes a shit. Which is fine. She's a puppy. Um, but I was like trying to get her and like to sit, like do a little command, right? Just very basic. Um, not even that she understands Some it. Some sort of she response can, to you. Yeah. If she can like focus a little bit on yeah. my hand and like maybe get her butt on the ground. So she really wasn't doing that. And I was like, well, you know, I'll, in my mind, I'm going like, I'm still going to take her. And this is just mm. a new thing for her. Right. So then Jess, the breeder, Jess asks again. She asked my Jess, who's outside, and I was like, hey, do you want me to meet the, do you want to meet the boy? And my Jess was like, yeah, bring him out. 
So he gets brought out of the truck and he's just this hmm. fluffy little motherfucker. And so now we have the boy and the girl in the garage and the girl's over there at this point. I think she does like over there and take a shit. And he like <laughs> is kind of walks around a little bit. He like comes up to me. I call him over. He comes up to me. I do a little command. He focuses on me. He sits. He like I released him. He went. He came back. He sat again in front of me. Mm-hmm. I was sitting with him and he was all over me, playing with me, jumping on me, doing little circles. And I'm like, dude, this is it. This is I can't believe that I'm about to take a, this boy right now. Hell yeah. And it was so weird because like I wasn't prepared really to take a dog because two weeks before it wasn't really on the table. It yeah. was just a random thing. And I always thought, yeah, I'll get a big dog, but you know, whenever else, uh, the breeder Jess was like, okay, well he's all yours. And two hours ago before this, I didn't have any big dog. And now we have this puppy and yeah. I was like, wait, you don't want to come back in like a week and give him to me so I can like mentally prepare. It was just like, here's this puppy. And I don't have puppy food. I have nothing. I have nothing. I should have been more prepared, but I wasn't. So I have nothing ready for this puppy. I go to like PetSmart that night or Petco or wherever, get some all the little things that I needed to get, get a little puppy gate in the next coming days. Mm-hmm. And man, that was the, like the initial night of having this dog in our house. The meeting between him, Ryder and Millie actually went really well. Ryder was a little nervous at first um, on like that first like couple minutes, but no yelps, no bark. Like they were just sniffing each other and chilling and excited. And that was it. And then the coming days and weeks was fucking rough. But that that was the initial meeting. It was it was rough. It was rough. It was yes. rough. Yeah, was yeah I remember uh, that. I mean, you were t- telling us about it and whatever. And you as a person are you like control over things and you like plans Mm -hmm. that's like very much how you are and like anytime something just gets dropped into your lap like that it's like stress i feel stress Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh it was fun to see though i mean that's thing with dogs dude like you can never fully plan the dog that's right for you the dog that's right for you finds you it picks you and that's how it's supposed to be. I think mm-hmm. people miss that mark a lot when they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to find a pet and whatever. And they, they can, I, I think people tend to force the choice of a pet. Yeah. I mean, you see that a lot with like doodles. Mm-hmm. Continuing what you said, like doodles is a, such a popular breed. I know like yeah. I want a golden doodle. Like I'm yeah. going to get a golden doodle and like, that's it. Period. Yeah. Yeah. They pay three to five more thousand dollars for a doodle and they, get it and sometimes it works out great and then obviously other mm-hmm. times i mean i have a vet friend who's just like we see so many doodles want to be given up yeah for adoption yeah and it, like the whole point every dog like that we've had even if we've gone to a breeder my family specifically it's always we go in with the idea of we're going to get a girl or we're going to get that girl or whatever and then it's always something else that ends up happening. Like my mom went to go pick out a, a puppy and Bessie ended up being the one because she was like the sweetest little runt. She was the runt and she had bow legs and she like mm-hmm. just sat there at my mom's feet and like she fell in love. But she wasn't out to pick the runt. You know what I mean? And it mm-hmm. just that's how it always happens. Boomer was at the vet when we had another dog there and he was uh, he had been released to the vet. And we just ended up with him because yeah. it was like fate. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And Annie was the same way. It was fated that it was supposed to be like that. Wasn't planned at all. And I love that that's how Scout's story was, too, because you were like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Don't want the boy. And then. Oh, yeah, totally. It was like it was meant to happen. It was meant to be like that because the universe knows what you need. You don't know what you need. Mm-hmm. The universe knows. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's cool to to hear that. And it's yeah. full, full length story. Yeah, you're so right, man. You got to like, I'm grateful that I took. I'm grateful for Jess, A, because I never would have found looked at the boy. But I'm That's why you guys that, balance each other very well. She's very yeah. impulsive. Or uh, not be, impulsive, yeah. but like uh, spur of the moment. She's, you know, whatever. More. She wanted to see a fluffy boy as well. Right, she wanted. exactly. She wanted yeah. to see a fluffy, cute dog. Right. That's all it was. But um, I'm grateful that I took a few moments, like pay attention to kind of what you were saying. Like, what's he doing? What do his eyes look like? Where is his eyes? But where's his focus? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's important. Yeah. Don't get too fixated on what you think you want. Yeah, for sure. So the next step of this, and I remember this phase fondly because um, <laughs> we had an interesting conversation about it. But as the pack assimilation occurred, um, man, that was a, a couple fun weeks. And it was always kind of funny to talk to you about it. Because it was like, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if this is going to work out. But tell the story a little bit about that. Because there was a lot that it was, it was another stressful situation for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hard. Like I said, it was rough. Oh, man. Really, the first 24 or 48 hours were actually okay. Um, because he was so new here that he wasn't really like acting out too much he was just like looking around trying to find what what the fuck just happened Mm -hmm. um because he was i think he was nine or ten weeks old he's still really small dude and really we had him for one week and then it was christmas and we went home so Mm -hmm. we had him for about a week so and it was just like it wasn't a lot of settling down it would the things were actually okay uh, when we came back from our Christmas holiday, we got him back, and that's when the fucking fun started. <laughs> because he's a little bit older now. He's, I mean, the the difference in growth as a puppy between week eight, ten, twelve, fourteen is a, is a big difference. Much more energetic, especially an Australian Shepherd, yeah. crazy dogs. Our million rider are so used to being alone, having their routine. They've had their same routine for four to six years. Yep, they sleep. They eat, go for walks. They get all of our attention. Mm-hmm. Now we have this puppy who requires a lot of attention. Yeah. So uh, Ryder was the hardest part. Ryder was always been scared of bigger dogs. And at this point, he's now bigger than her. So just he, all he wanted to do was play. Ryder was like, does not know how to play. Ryder, it took her probably three to four weeks to chase after a ball with him. And that was like a big day. <laughs> Uh, sh- I, there were so many times that I was texting the uh, breeder Jess like hey I don't know how this is going to work like he's crazy I don't know if he's fitting in um, and it got to the point where I went to rugby practice one night and I came back this was really early on actually I came back and Scout had like done what puppies do he peed inside um, and Jess was like trying to go to bed i walk in after rugby at like 9 p.m 
and Jess is cleaning up pee and she's like, we can't keep this dog. You have to give this dog back. I'm not dealing with this. And I was at that moment, I was like, it's not fair because Jess didn't want this dog. Um, so at that point, I asked people that I knew, I was like, hey, are you looking for a puppy? Um, I have this puppy that needs a good home. And I got some responses. And one guy on the rugby team was like, hey, I have a farm with like 150 mm. sheep. I have a herding dog. Like he would be perfect. I was like, okay, let me talk to like breeder, original Jess, and see what she wants. Because I feel like it's still within that range of, you know, should I give her back? Should I give him back? Or do you want me to find something for him? Mm-hmm. So I did that. And she's like, nah, I want him back. I have a home for him. Okay, fine. It got to day of like, hey, I'll be there at four o'clock to pick up Scout. It got to that. Wow. And because um, it was just too hard. Millie was uh, really rejecting him at this point. She was like checking him quite a bit, you know. <laughs> Crawling and and snapping. Hell yeah! Ryder was just running away, cowering, like whenever he tried to play, and he's yeah. just like, "Duh, what do I do? <laughs> what am I doing wrong?" Yeah, um, being a puppy and uh, peeing a lot, you know. So it got to that, and once I made that decision, where she's like, "Okay, I'm coming at four. I like put my phone down. I was driving to work to a patient's house and I like almost started to cry. Yeah. And I was like, man, why? Like at that point I knew it was like, nah, I gotta, I knew I cared too much and I gotta make this work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even then too, Jess was like, we gotta get rid of, we gotta get rid of him. And when I told her, Hey, uh, she's coming at four o'clock to pick up scout. And he didn't even have a name yet. He didn't actually have a name. We didn't name him. Yeah. You just called him the boy. I call him the boy. Hey, he's yeah. like, hey, she's, he's, uh, she's coming to pick up the boy tonight at four o'clock. Um, so like when you're at home at lunch, like I told her, say goodbye to him. Because mm-hmm. um, we just kept him in his little uh, playpen when mm-hmm. we left for work for a few hours. And, it, you know, and she was like, she started to cry. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, I was just trying to do the right thing. Like, I, that's why I believe through the whole thing. I was like, I just want to do the right thing. Right. You know, if something's not working out with him, he has to go. Like if he ever did something serious, like re- actually attacked Ryder or something, he would be the one to go, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Our girls take precedence. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, you owe it to like the, your original dogs first. Anyways, at that point, I think I told myself, uh, I told breeder Jess, I was like, Hey, Jess is re- my Jess is really upset. Like we want to make it work over the weekend. We want to see what we can do over the weekend. She's like, yeah, I mean, it's your dog. Like it's your dog. She was really cool. I was annoying the piss out of her. I feel like, but she was really cool. <laughs> um, so that's what we did. We just kept going. And I think I kept telling myself if, if I give this dog back, it could end up anywhere. And I go to a lot of different neighborhoods. I see a lot of stray dogs. Oh, yeah. There's so many. It's really hard to see sometimes. Um, So I'm like, I'm going to give this dog the best possible home. And no one else is going to give it a better home than me. And us, me and Jess. So that's what kept me going. And then from there on, I was like hardcore training him, training him potty training. He got potty trained like within the next month. Mm -hmm. He, uh, I started doing just basic sits stays rollovers stuff like that he learned like everything i've ever taught this dog he's learned in one day he's incredibly smart 
Um, so that was really, and it, it took also like some motivation from the girls to our wieners where Ryder finally started to play with him. Like I said, with the ball, which was a huge breakthrough for her. She stopped cowering and whining, crying away. Millie, I kept like Googling, like how to simulate, <laughs> simulate my pack, how to like get dogs to get along with each other. Um, what to expect when you bring a new puppy into yeah. your, your pack. Millie's alpha, obviously, she she still checks him to this day. She always will. I don't. Anyways, and finally, the one day, Millie like got down, and he was on the ground, and she like went up and like was smelling his butt. She'd never done this before. Was mm. never interested. It was a total rejection. Sniffed his butt, and she like stretched, and like stretched her back legs. You know, did a big stretch in front of him. Yeah, and like kind of like wagged her tail. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Because I found, you know, through different blogs and stuff, like when dogs stretch in front of each other, they are showing a sign of like they're they're relaxed, they're calm, Mm -hmm. um, and they're cool. Yeah. So I was like, fuck yeah. That was a really good body language sign that I needed to like continue this little experiment we got going. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'll I'll finish the story there is that he, he eventually started to catch on. Yeah, it was an interesting time. I remember we had a talk of like you were thinking about getting ri- getting rid of him and I sort of it wasn't really a passive aggressive statement, but I was like something along the lines of you know you'll make the right decision and we both know it or something like getting rid of him in my that was I was like don't get rid of him. You accepted him into your family. No, you, you said you said this. I'll tell you what you said. Oh so yeah, remember, right? you remember? Yeah, good. I remember it because I was like, "Fuck you, dude." <laughs> I didn't say that, but in my mind, I was like, "You don't know what this is like right now." Um, it was. Uh, I was always raised to. I was always taught or raised or something that if you take a dog in, you got to keep it and make it work. Yes, or something like that. I, I was, was like, yeah. at that point, I responded with, "I was always raised to do the right thing." I gave you some passive aggressiveness back. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really what I was trying to drive me, but you're right. I mean, I think you were right in different words than I think I was ready to hear, um, at that point. I, as I've learned more of the story, I understood your perspective a little bit more like the protectiveness that you have of like Ryder and Millie. And it did, I mean, regardless of whether it's Ryder and Millie, like your dogs and your protective nature of them. There's a, there's a reason for that. And I didn't fully understand that at that time, but I also know you and yeah, you were raised to make the right choice and I knew you would make the right choice Mm -hmm. regard like one way or the other. Um, obviously I wanted you to keep him cause it was exciting and it was cool, but, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to watch you guys go through that process because I don't know, I've never, I've never been put in that position where I have like a pack of dogs already. And then it's like, here's a new one that like, well, hopefully they fit in type thing. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. whenever Annie was around other dogs, she was alpha like, <laughs> or if she wasn't, she tried to become alpha yeah. pretty quickly. And that was always kind of stressful, but we never got another dog. Um, so anyway, it was, it was cool to see it. And I'm glad you guys stuck it out because He's been great. And that leads into my next question. So a big thing with Scout has been training. Like wiener dogs are very stubborn, like you said. Um, Scout seems like he's pretty eager to please and he's pretty eager to learn. Uh, You've been doing a lot of like real training with him too, like agility training and all the commands and whatever. 
So I want to know what's motivating this like really structured training regimen for him or what appears to be really structured to me. Yeah, it is. It is pretty structured. We're out there pretty much every evening after dinner and we're going through agility training. Uh, and I and now that it's hotter, I've been trying to do it more in the morning. I've only gone out there a couple times in the morning. Um, yeah, because it's hotter than shit. So, <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking hot and humid. And he's got longer fur. I feel bad for him. He's not quite yeah. as motivated to listen and go hard. Um, right at, at night right now so what motivated was that he's an australian shepherd he's got crazy energy mm-hmm. um these dogs are prone to like anxiety because they don't get their energy out right um and uh like those mental health issues that can come through is like aggressive behavior or a behavior that you don't want can yeah. start to sh- come through if yeah. they aren't doing a job so they're very job he, oriented. Yeah. Yeah. He would have done great on that farm. Mm-hmm. I was, I would have psyched be like, man, I had a cool situation. The guy seemed cool. I'm grateful. I didn't make that decision. I would have been killing myself if I ever gave him away, but, uh, I don't have sheep. <laughs> I don't have cattle. <laughs> Obviously I don't have chickens. I have a turf backyard. Yeah. Um, and it's not a huge yard. It's just enough space for us to run around in. Right. What am I going to do? I have to give him a job. So he, I started off with, let's go for walks. Let's go for runs. Let's go for bike rides. And he runs alongside. He does okay with like slow duration trotting. But he, mm. he doesn't seem like he enjoys it a lot. It's mindless. You know, he really loves to be engaged. So at that point, um, I have a really good friend, Amanda, who has this dog, Jet. And he's a poodle. Um, and he's like an agility dog. He's won first place ribbons up the gazoo medals. She has like her own little sprinter mm. van that she took all over the state with wow. him to do like agility competitions. And she initially kind of turned me on. I was like, man, Scott would be so good at agility because mm-hmm. these Australian shepherds are really easy to teach. Yeah. And he, they pick up really quick. And like you said, they aim to please. So I'm like, yeah, I borrowed a tunnel from her. And this was three months ago, two months ago, and popped it up out in our backyard, gave him some commands, tunnel, straight through the tunnel, yeah, tunnel, straight through the tunnel, you know, treats and, and just reinforcing that positive, you know, association. And he got, he got tunnel like right away. We're to the point where I'm like, Rut can run alongside him, tunnel, and he goes. Yeah. And that was like the first week. Now I can be on the other side of the yard and say, scout tunnel. He'll run through the that's, tunnel yeah, and then sprint back to me. Yep. Um, and that's what it's developed into. That's like his most basic. Uh, so really, it, it was rooted in this dog has a fuck ton of energy. I need to get it out and he needs a job. And I really want him to be my dog. Mm-hmm. I want him the same purpose as what I had with Millie is with Scout. Because he's, he's a bigger dog. If, if something ever happened, I want him to be safe. Um, and the fact that he'll have me to listen to, right? He'll, I have this command called through. Um, so when I say through, he's sleeping right now. <laughs> when I say through and I'm standing, he'll go right between my legs. And I'll sit. Yeah, I love that. And I'll keep saying through and like give him a snap and we'll, he'll start, I'll start walking and he'll walk underneath my legs. Mm-hmm. I'll say back and he'll walk backwards. So I just picked that up on YouTube, like with other German shepherds and stuff. Yeah. Um, just attention on me, right? Just in any situation out there in the world. Yeah. I just want to keep him safe um, and under control. Because like I said in the beginning of the podcast, 
dogs that don't have that make their own decisions. Very true. And dogs tend to make bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, a good dog is typically a, an under control dog. You know, yeah. that's pretty good rule of thumb. And it's cool. It's cool to see the training. And you mentioned YouTube. Uh, you were learning some of that stuff. But how else have you learned this type of training? It sounds like you have a friend that's into it. YouTube. Mm-hmm. What else? What other resources? YouTube was probably the was the biggest one in the beginning to learn the basic stuff like that through command that was hard to learn he got it within a week but it was really hard um to get him to start walking forward Mm -hmm. to trust me to not step on him i think yeah and even harder to like walk backwards i could not figure out how to get him to walk backwards and stay there right underneath me to trust me so youtube helped quite a bit with that um amanda who owns jet showed me a few things like with the jumps Oh, How to yeah. get him going with that. Yep. And um, honestly, just been fucking doing what I think is right in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give myself too much credit because I have had help, but I'm just doing what I feel like. I mean, I, I coach people. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of exper- experience there. Some way dogs are a little easier. <laughs> yeah, honestly, in some ways they are. You just when he does the right thing, it's a lot of positive reinforcement. When he does the wrong thing, it's a whoops. And you restart. Yeah, it's never a no, no scout. I know like some of your, bad. I know some of your clients that might do well with that. Type yeah, <laughs> yeah. Treats. And- I didn't sleep well last night. Whoops. Let's try again tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. So- like it's been fun to watch the the process and and sort of be involved because you're posting stuff on Instagram and whatever and. Um, like not a ton, a tasteful amount, which is, has been cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that type of training is something that I've never really anticipated doing with a dog and maybe some, but I love the idea of having like a very under control and, um, attentive animal. Um, and I think moving forward, like the way I think about it is the next dog that we get is very much going to be like a protector of Barrett even. Um, and I want that dog to be able to understand and be very attentive to me, but also, um, know exactly what he needs to do with the family as well, or she needs to do with the family Mm -hmm. as well. So I, I, it's been motivating to watch this for when, whenever we get, uh, whenever we get our next dog. So next question here, uh, things have escalated quickly with scout, but how, how do you feel like your bond has grown? Since the little furball strolled into your garage, yeah, that's a great question. Um, when you when you get a dog, obviously, I think the best thing is having that bond. And for anybody, is just being able to come home and they're always happy to see you, and and you build this really great relationship. Uh, it's that's always been the case with Million Rider. However, with Scout, it is very very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shy in front of other people. He's getting a lot better. But for the most part, he kind of like stays, you know, a little bit like tucked under when people come up. I take him to the gym every day. He's hyper focused on me everywhere. I used to walk in the gym. He'd be there like staring at me and sometimes cry. Um, the, the fact that I'm doing all this training with him, agility, and he's trying to please me all the time. Like that's his goal is to people please. He wants to please me. He wants to do the job and do what I say to get the treat. And do a good job. Mm-hmm. That's the way Australian Shepherds are. That has like 
formed a bond that is just keeps evolving. Evident, very evident as of last night when we came home from dinner, the girls and the boy, we leave them in the house now together and they do great. Came home all excited. Whoa, everybody's <laughs> going crazy, you know, typical shit. And, um, we do this thing. We used to do this thing, me and Jess, where she stands on one side of the house by the back door. And I stand like in the living room by the TV. Yeah. And we just like seesaw him. Like <laughs> Jess is like, come here, scout, come here, scout. And he like runs up and like, we put our leg out and he jumps on our leg and jumps into our, our Oh arms. yeah. Yep. And then I go, come here, scout, come here, scout, come here, scout. And he runs across the, uh, <laughs> the fucking house and jumps into my leg, into my arms. Yeah. And we just do that like 10 times. And he's just crazy. Last night I come home, we come home and we try to do that. And he like goes up to Jess and like puts his paws up, but doesn't jump up. And yeah. Like, come here, scout. And he like sprints yep. and like dive bombs into my arms and <laughs> does the same thing to Jess, just goes up on the leg and like sprints back and dives bomb in my arms. And then I'm like, man, it's cause, um, I mean, I want him to have a great relationship with, with Jess and he does. But it's just it's different and special with us because of the all the training we do all the time we spend together, all the commands I give him. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that he truly respects me, and um, that's been really cool. Yeah, I've never even with my other two dogs, they're still very independent. They just won't get to the level that Scout is for pleasing and and being attentive yeah. and focused because they're just more independent. Well, and it's definitely a thing. People, there's a book that I read many years ago called The Art of Racing in the Rain. And it's about some dogs, some dogs you just look and they have like a human soul or they, there's a special connection that you have with them. And you're not going to have that connection with all of your dogs. And that's just like you have a dog, all, you know, they're awesome. They're a great pet, wonderful family, whatever family pet. But there are some dogs that are just different and they it's like they understand you and it's like they connect with you on a different level. And everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about without even going into it any further than that. And it seems like that's what's starting to form between the two of you. And even within families like Jess might have a similar connection with Million Rider and you love Million Rider and they love you and whatever. But Scout is different already. Um, just by the nature of your guys's relationship, it's different and there's not an easy way to explain it, but it's definitely a thing and it's cool. I'm happy like that you're experiencing that. And I don't know if you have before or not, but, um, it's a pretty amazing thing when you start really having that deep special bond with anything, but a dog because a dog loves unconditionally and there's, you know, it's just a, it's a very special thing. Yeah. I'd agree. I think it potentially is more common with like a bigger dog simply maybe because they are usually tend to be more of an active breed depending on what the dog is. And you guys will go on more adventures. You get to do stuff with yeah. them. And, you know, you get a deep, deeper uh, relationship form there. It's true. Deeper trust. Yep. Millie, like you said in the beginning, we've been all over Michigan, all over Michigan, yeah. California. She's the dog that like I got right after, uh, uh, we had a couple like uh pet deaths and she was like kind of saved a little bit. Right. Yeah, and, for sure. And that was really a special thing that, I mean, above all, I don't think any scout will ever 
replace the type of feeling I have with Millie. Yeah. Just for that simple reason. Uh, but I mean, like you said, it's different with Scout mm-hmm. because we're doing all this extra work together. We have this, I have a really big goals with him for agility. Yeah. Um, and I want mostly just to have a great bond and for him to have fun. Right. And for us to have fun. So that's, it's just different. Yeah. You're yep. right. I mean, the, the human eyes and the soul of the dog are just very evident once you start doing stuff like this. Yeah. If you haven't read that book, I would highly recommend it. It was, it was cool to, to read that because at the time, my boomer, our, you, might, you remember Boomer, I think, and he had just mm-hmm. passed away. Um, and my mom suggested that I read that book because Boomer was always different. He was that guy. Like he, he understood. And when you talk to him, it was like he was listening and everybody felt that it wasn't like just us because he spent so much time at the Blue Swallow as well. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a thing. And it helped me understand that it is a special thing. But yeah, it's it's just super. It's cool to see. And and it's fun that um, all the training and you guys are. You know, I kind of like look at it like a like the canine unit officer bond it's cool to see that like type of it's just fun to watch and you guys mm-hmm. are developing that bond so that's great i'm i'm loving it what are you looking forward to most with scout winning some fucking hardware <laughs> i'll recommend a movie to you as well after that you should go watch best in show so you need to read the book. <laughs> I think I've seen that. Art of Wait, Racing is that a in the documentary? Rain. It's a mockumentary. Mockumentary, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. With, uh, with Zach Galifianakis. Nope. No? no? This is it's dude, different? This is from Are like... You sure? This, this movie is from like 2001, and it's a mockumentary about dog shows. Um, it's hilarious. Would like... 100% recommend that you and Jess watch that. You'll find no, it funny. I don't know if Jess will. <laughs> no, I've seen this before. Are it's, you sure it's not? Oh, it's not with Zach Galifianakis. It's with the guy from uh, the dad from uh, American Pie. Yes, Eugene um, Levy, and and the mom, the single mom from American Pie. Yeah, I yep. have seen that. It's been. A, I have to watch that again. It's That's a great hilarious. one. Yeah, um, but so the, really, the thing I'm looking forward to most is is that I really want to see what we can do with like if he's if we can just completes a competition and he gets mm. through a whole thing. And that would be super, super cool. Yeah. See how far it goes. Um, other than that, you know, just continue to, if that doesn't work out, just continue to do it for fun yeah. in the backyard and, and have a, have, give him the best life possible. Yeah. I, I want to see him in a field of sheep and see what he does. Yeah, there are, we've been looking up a lot of campsites to try to go to. And there's like a lot of private campgrounds yeah. that just have, on the coast that just have sheep yeah and chickens i'm like man scout would have yeah dude field day i don't know if he would know what to do but i've taken him um a little bit out of the city yeah um and just like parked my car next to cows before and he's been like it was crazy the the transition it's just instinct it's it's wild yep where he was like he was laying down and i stopped the car and he like started to look out the window and he's like zoom <laughs> And he just starts kind of like shaking a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, you're crazy right now. It's, yeah. It's crazy because the cows were like right there on the side yep. of the road. And yeah. It's just, it's, it's just his nature. He, yeah. He even tries, I think what pissed Ryder off and scared her the most growing through up with him was he's trying to hurt her. Yeah. He's trying to like nip he her little butt when yep. he, she's running away and stuff. And <laughs> we're trying to train that out of him. 
and he's really not doing it that much anymore. Yeah. But it was it was pretty hard. It was pretty funny, but also very sad for Ryder because it was scary for her. <laughs> it's good for her to experience a little adversity. <laughs> I think she had enough with Millie. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Well, cool, man. Uh, it's cool. Like Scout has been a great addition to your guys' family. I haven't met Scout yet. You got you guys got him like right after we left in November. Or in uh, early December, so yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to whenever that might be. But you have any closing thoughts for us today? Um, yeah, let's go sad and let's go happy. I think that when you get a dog, that you should obviously enjoy the process of having them and and training them, and you should put that work in because dogs are well, going to be dogs unless you train them. And dogs make bad decisions. So we have had people in the past in our life that we've known that have not trained dogs and it ended very badly. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's super sad and unfair. And it's sad to see a lot of dogs in shelters, obviously. I think if you can adopt, I think that's the best case scenario. I don't know if I'll ever go through like a, a actual breeder again. I'm really grateful to find Scout the way I did. Mm-hmm. I'll never find another Scout because Dalmatian, Aussies... <laughs> <laughs> probably not super hot yeah on the market anywhere um and you asked me what i was looking forward to most with him and in his life i think that is what i'm looking forward to most seeing him you know get to a peak and um seeing where we can go with all this adventure and i'm also looking forward to um hopefully controlling the way that he dies um mm-hmm. cuz We've been like I've been, we've had people that have lost dogs through getting hit by a car, running away, or something like that, and I've had that too. That just sucks, and it's opened my mind to the fact that it really they don't aren't here forever. Um, and I think about that pretty much every week. That all three of these dogs are never are not going to be with us forever, and uh, preparing for that as much as I can, and just being aware of it is enough to be grateful for them and just kind of like let their little tendencies not irritate me or you know stuff like that and i think it makes living with them a lot more special and impactful uh and i tell jess that we're like you know you know they're not going to be with us forever you can't say that they're going to live forever as a joke because it's not true it's not funny um Mm -hmm. and she's like why do you think about that how do you why can you say that um it's just a reality that I think you should at least brush shoulders with and it will help you appreciate their life um, and your time together. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I worded that correctly. Um, yeah. So that, that has helped a lot with, you know, having a, a, a really high energy dog in the house with two fairly low energy dogs um, and trying to make that work is we're just, Listen, they're not going to be here forever. Like we're gonna do our best to make this work and and have fun with it, mm-hmm. uh, and give them the best life possible. Yeah, I think that we're at a point in our lives, you know, in our early thirties, where you've had Millie and Ryder for a few years. You know, you you have Scout now. Um, I had Annie for almost nine years, and you're you hit the money or the nail on the head. And, um, you're never prepared for the end. And 
in reminding yourself that this is not forever and preparing for that in some ways is very healthy because, you know, I didn't start preparing for that day and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I'm sure there will be harder days to come in my life. I hope, I hope there isn't. I really do. I hope there isn't because that was, it was, it was awful, but they deserve someone to be there for them. And, uh, in that moment, and it's still a little raw for me because it, I mean, it was in January, but Annie was very sudden. And like I said, you know, we haven't experienced that much up until this point. Mm-hmm. Like we've had, I've had deaths of dog, family pets and whatever, but Annie was my dog and mm-hmm. the, and Millie Ryder and Scout are your dogs and Jess's dogs. And it's different. It's different mm-hmm. when it's yours. Um, and you've raised them, um, compared to like a family dog and it's still hurt. Like family dogs hurt and that's never easy, but to, to have to make, these decisions and be there with them because you know they have always been there for you is is an obligation and it's good to remember and remind yourself of that a little bit because it makes every day sweet yeah it's the right thing to do you have to be there for them in those moments and i think if you have that opportunity there is a certain gratitude with it that you brought them through their whole life and whether it's some sort of disease or just old age, hopefully you are there and you have to make that hard decision for them because there's an alternative to that. And the alternative is way harder. So I think being grateful for all of those times help with that decision. Of course, it's always going to be hard. And there's no uh there's no amount of time that goes by because it's been like six years since we lost Heidi and she was a family pet for the most part and you just like stop thinking about it most days obviously uh you know you got your whole the rest of your life um but like you are right now once you get caught up in some of those things you're right back in it it's a wound that really doesn't ever heal because man, they're, they're kid. There are kids. Mm-hmm. They're not just pets. And for people to give a shit, it's good that you feel that way. Um, so that was a sad part of my closing remarks. The happy part of the closing remarks is if you want an Australian shepherd, hmm. I think it's one of the best decisions that I have ever stuck to. And it, I would highly recommend it. However, have something in place where you can get this energy out it's super fucking hard in the city um but there's ways you can do it you have to be very committed and and walking them every day getting them out doing something Mm -hmm. because there's australian shepherds that have bad behavior or anxious (laughs) have anxiety or depression and they act out and bite people and and cower because they're not doing something. It's yeah. like a very, very high-energy breed. And luckily, I think he has some Dalmatian, a little more chill in him. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, man, what, a, what a, an amazing, cool little dog. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy to have him. Well, we will continue to follow along with uh, Scout's journey and your journey with him as, as it progresses. Because you're in it for the long haul at this point. So... 
He's got an Instagram too. Hang on. Wait. It's it's at scout.excellent.adventure. I had to add the dots or else it looked like scout sex venture. <laughs> <laughs> scout sex scout sexulent adventure. That's, that, so it's scouts.excellent.adventure. You can follow his also agility training and all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, thanks, Bones. It's a cool story. And I, it's, I think, it's like I said, every, everyone can relate to this. Everyone can. So if you don't have a dog, go get one. You don't know what you're missing out on. As long as you can give it a good life. If you can't do that, don't get a dog because that's the worst thing you can do. Because <laughs> yeah. um, they deserve only the best. Until next week, thank you, Bones. Thank you, all of you. To everyone, to everyone listening, we're out. We like meat.